Hi, and welcome to the Director's Notes podcast. I'm Mar Bell, Editor-in-Chief of Director's Notes. And today I'd like to share an interview I recorded with director Jorge Raquel May Serrano for his psychological thriller Chameleon, a film which follows in the footsteps of some of cinema's most disturbing uninvited guest narratives. In our interview, Jorge and I, massively assisted by the translation skills of Daniel Diaz, discuss the ethos of his Chilean filmmaking collective, Labyrinto, and how he used structured improvisation to complete the shoot for his debut feature in a mere four days. Welcome to Director's Notes, Jorge. Hi, thank you for the interview. My pleasure. We start all our interviews the same way here, and that's to find out more about you, with the question of what brought you to directing and filmmaking? La cinematografía para mí llega primero de, desde una manera un poco inconsciente. Yo tenía una pasión de comunicador. So Jorge was just saying that his kind of passion for film, for cinema, essentially came through a passion that he always had as a communicator. And passion from a very young age was to be an actor. So back in, in Chile, where Jorge is from. As a child, he acted in adverts and, and in commercials as a model. And then through that kind of experience of acting in over 40 commercials and adverts, as a kind of infant, he felt very comfortable kind of in himself, comfortable on set, comfortable working in teams with people. And then he felt a need and a kind of passion to be able to deliver a, a final product. And for him, cinema and film was the medium by which he could essentially connect to a larger audience, to kind of largest audience possible, more so than kind of theatre, for example. Something that he really likes about cinema is essentially the kind of tangibility of the process, the kind of work among a team to create a film, every kind of factor and aspect which is incorporated into that whole process. It feels like a very complete art form to him. Um, he goes on to say about it being kind of tangible with, with many factors at play, so from the sound, the lighting, the actors, the kind of cameras, and then finally the actual audience and connecting with the audience itself. And he very much feels that that, that is what's representative of his vocation as a director, and this is the direction that he took as opposed to, to acting for that reason. Given your love of the collaborative nature of cinema, that seems to make sense that you're part of um, a film collective called um, Laberinto. 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 How did you come together and what would you say is the ethos that links the projects that you like to work with within that collective together? Laberinto was kind of born from the necessity to create kind of methodology when it comes to the way that we work essentially and this is based on two pillars and so these two pillars on one hand you have essentially the mentality behind the way that everyone is committed to the film and the understanding that the most important thing is the film itself it's kind of no room for individuals and kind of egos it's all about the collective it's all about the efforts and the work that we do is very demanding so there needs to be like a lot of a lot of love again kind of repeating the fact that there is no room for kind of ego or for kind of intellect it's about this level of commitment and the kind of passion for the work that we're doing and understanding that that final product the film is is why we're all here and what kind of brings us all together essentially and then the second pillar is all about the themes so the themes are extremely important in terms of what we work on as a collective and issues that we kind of care about so these go from kind of the way in which 
the human mind works and then also touching on social issues. So things such as healthcare, which is such a big issue in, in Chile um, and many other places, also kind of violence, classism, discrimination, kind of very urgent social issues that as Laberinto I think need to be represented. And Jorge then goes on to kind of take a, a footballing analogy in terms of all 11 players working as a collective and kind of just leaving it all out there on the pitch and like working for each other as a, as a group. Yeah, the social issues and the power struggle in, in class, that comes through loud and clear in Chameleon. But I'm aware that the original idea was sparked by a story that you read about a beheading. So I'm curious how you kind of went from that real-life, horrible, tragic story of a beheading and how that developed into the story of Chameleon and the issues that you mentioned to be a part of that narrative as well. First, the idea behind the film, as you mentioned, this true story which Jorge came across in the news of this stranger arriving at a house and essentially beheading this woman for, for no apparent reason really impacted Jorge. That kind of level of gratuitous violence that just kind of came out of nowhere, that level of just sheer brutality, that was essentially the first stage of this creative process. And the second stage is an investigative kind of stage working closely with psychiatrists who have supported Jorge kind of throughout the development of the project, talking with them around what drives these kinds of characters which these professionals don't entirely even understand themselves. So the way that, for example, Gaston's character, once he turns up at the house, he knows full well what he's going to do. This is also representative of Chilean society. It's kind of reflection of the darkest side of Chilean society, this dark side that we kind of all have, which is represented through the, the three principal archetypes that are in the film, portrayed by each of the actors. So that's looking specifically at the kind of lower, middle and upper class of Chilean society. The story also takes place in one location. So this is a very kind of seemingly normal situation that the audience can recognize and can connect with directly. So the spectator in, in some way is actually there drinking wine at the table with the actors themselves. This gives them the chance to reflect and also interpret the situation in their own kind of way. It's not giving it to them in a overly direct way with no room for interpretation, no room for inference, which in Hodder's opinion is also just the way that the real life is and the way that kind of real life works. Yeah, because I wanted to ask about the location and the look of the film. The film is brutal and dark, but visually it's a really clean aesthetic, clean and kind of pure and nice and beautiful aesthetic. And you know, that is um, counterbalanced against the actions that take place within in the house. So I um, wanted to ask about finding that balance between the visual tone but then also the narrative tone and how they clash and then play off each other. So in the second act everything kind of changes dramatically we're seeing far less sequence shots at this point we are essentially in the actors heads this is where it gets far more psychological and the thriller elements really start to emerge so the music kind of enters at this stage also, the editing also changes with longer scenes. There's also far more contrast with the house at this stage in darkness. This was a conscious effort designed to represent the characters at this point 
essentially entering hell. You used improvisation to build up the scripts and the characters. I'm curious as to what elements you had in place before you brought your actors on board and then what your process was in the improvisation. Were you improvising actual scenes that we see in the film or were you improvising kind of around that, say for instance maybe like Paula and Paulina's life before the party? Um, how did you get them to that place and build the script through the improvisation? Una, al principio, cuando comienzo a escribir el guión, eh, lo escribo como un guión convencional. The script was initially written as a traditional script, and once that was complete, Jorge had thought about which actors kind of bring into the project and take each each one of the roles. Then, at this point, the dialogues are removed, leaving only the actions. So, through this methodology, the aim is to find something that really represents the truth and there is a certain musicality to dialogue to speaking it has a rhythm to it which is unique and it occurs when people are truly speaking to each other in a in a real situation this is something that can't be written and when you try to write it it becomes essentially intellectualized and you lose that humanity so in this case the production really determines how the film was created so this is due to kind of limitations with time in this case, it was only a four-day shoot, so obviously we're, we're unable to follow any traditional methods, and this means that the kind of preparation, the rehearsal work with the actors becomes so vital, so important, but it also gives us an opportunity to, to let this become something unique, like truly unique. So the film was actually crowdfunded and filmed in four days, so it was due to those kind of limitations that, that this methodology was employed. So each actor has actually worked with differently, with each one receiving distinctive instructions and directions, so as not to lose that kind of spontaneity and the unique tone. So each actor knows very clearly the character's background and their motivations, and once that work has been done and that's been truly determined, then we put them in physical situations together with these concrete actions for them to carry out. So in order for this to be authentic, the actors had to live as these characters. So on location for four days, they live, eat, breathe as these characters, thus eliminating any margin of error. The four days, which is ridiculously <laughs> short, did that mean that you didn't light? And what did you shoot on that would allow you to move that quick? What camera did you use? En cuanto a la técnica propiamente tal de la cinematografía, there are very, very few lights. We worked primarily with a, a pair of lights to kind of find those finer details, but it was really about predominantly making the most of those natural light sources. It was filmed on an Ari Amira with Cook lenses, and that was on a, on a shoulder rig. And the cinematography was watched very, very closely and protected to ensure a high quality. So it, it looks like a film, it, it sounds like a film, and it could reach international audiences. And this way of thinking also informed the, the selection of the technical team, again, designed to limit any kind of margin of error. So we, we worked with our cinematographer, Christian Petit-Laurent, who is an extremely high caliber, along with the kind of rest of the team that, that worked with him. He's worked with other kind of directors, such as Miguel Litin, Sebastian Silva, Christian Jimenez, and that also goes for, for the music, the, the composition from the Chilean artist, Carlos Cabezas, who's also worked with La Reine on his previous films also. What have you got coming up next? Um, is it too early to say or have you got any other projects that um, you're working on in the background at this point in time? 
Tengo dos, dos proyectos que, que están muy fuertes. So, yeah, currently working on two projects that we feel very strong. So the first one is one that cinematographically is very much within the theme of, of violence. So the theme of domestic violence specifically. So this is a tragic true story that took place in Chile. So as it's a true story that had a, a very strong impact on Chilean society, it's a film that will connect with a wider audience with this kind of painful topic that is felt as much in Chile as it is kind of globally in, in the rest of the world. And the aspiration is to create a trilogy around the, the theme of violence and this film would be the second part of that. So currently Jorge is in the stage of casting, developing the script and the film will be employing or applying the same methodology in terms of technical methodology but also in terms of the way that working with the actors and also looking for, for financing at the moment that will allow, allow more time to shoot. Jorge, thank you so much for joining us today and thank you so much for <laughs> translating. I really, really appreciate um, both of you taking the time out to speak to directors. Thank you. Thank you very much. If you enjoyed this or any episode of the Director's Notes podcast, then it would be great if you could say so by leaving us a comment or a five-star rating in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, be sure to subscribe. The podcast will be returning in the new year, but until then, you can visit us at directorsnotes.com, where you can read our daily filmmaker interviews, as well as take a listen through our 10-year strong podcast archive, which will hopefully be enough to tide you over until the new year.